Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Myers. Today, I'm interviewing Dave Asprey, founder of the amazing site, bulletproofexec.com. Today, we're going to be having a little coffee talk about how you can bulletproof your coffee. You're likely unaware that there are molds and mycotoxins lurking in your coffee that may be giving you headaches and other unpleasant side effects. Today, you're going to learn a lot about coffee you never knew before. I'm really excited to have my guests on the show. Dave Asprey is the founder of BulletproofExec.com and UpgradedSelf.com. He's a technology entrepreneur who spent 15 years and over $300,000 to hack his own biology. Dave lost 100 pounds without counting calories or excessive exercise and upgraded his IQ by more than 20 points. Dave has cultivated the idea of being bulletproof, the state of high performance where you take control of and improve your biochemistry, your body, and your mind, helping you perform at levels far beyond what you'd expect. You can find all kinds of amazing products and tool on his site to bulletproof your body and your mind. His site's really neat. I definitely recommend checking it out. So Dave, thank you for being on the show. Wendy, it's my pleasure. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show because my dad was an obsessive coffee connoisseur. He would talk to me for hours about coffee and all about his different roasts, and he loved to roast his own coffee, and he had all kinds of bags of different coffee beans, and he liked to talk to me about the different nuanced flavors of coffee and the acidity and chocolate flavors and things like that. And he loved telling me the story of one coffee bean that's really rare and um, it's really, really expensive, and it's eaten by an animal who then excretes it out of its feces, and then these beans are somehow prized amongst coffee connoisseurs. So I, I happen to know a lot about coffee, but when I heard you on another podcast, I had never heard about anything that you were talking about, and it really intrigued me, so I'm really excited to have you share your knowledge with my listeners. Thanks, Wendy. Uh, that coffee you're talking about is uh, called civet coffee or coffee luwak. Oh, okay. You want to know why it's so prized? Why? Well, it's prized because those cats, the civet cats that eat coffee beans, they pick only the perfect coffee cherries, ones that don't have any bug bites or any mold growing on them and ones that are perfectly ripe. So they're selecting the beans better than any human could and then instead of allowing the beans to either dry up and spoil on the outside or fermenting the outside of them off the way we do when we process our own coffee, it uses enzymes in its stomach to remove the outer layer of the coffee fruit to expose the pit of the fruit, which is what we call a coffee bean. And of course, then it poops it out. So you're getting a super highly processed, in a good way, coffee bean. The problem is it's covered in poop. Now. <laughs> This is why monks and people years ago figured out you know, this is some kind of amazing coffee. I imagine the first guy who figured this out was out of any other kind of coffee, though. And then what we have going on today, though, is, is uncool. And I recommend people do not try this, even if you get a chance to spend 10 or $20 for a cup of civet coffee. The reason is that there are uh, farms where they're force-feeding these cats not the good beans. They're not roaming around in the wild. They're actually feeding them like we do geese when we're trying to make foie gras. So they're keeping them in small cages and treating them inhumanely in order to make this incredibly expensive coffee. So you're not getting the good coffee because the animals didn't eat the right beans, plus you're torturing an animal to get an overpriced cup of coffee. 
Oh no, there's a factory farm civet factory. <laughs> Amen. There is, and it's not okay. Of course. So, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and why you decided to start producing your own coffee? Because you have um, your own farm in Costa Rica, am I correct? I don't own the property itself. I, I partner with the growers. Oh, okay. So, I decided to start making my own coffee because I had to give up coffee for about five and a half years. I used to weigh 300 pounds and I started getting really severe brain fog in my mid-20s. I had a, a career that was just getting going. I, I was doing pretty well. In fact, I was the first guy to sell anything over the internet. I sold caffeine t-shirts out of my dorm room over the web. I was the first person to sell anything over the internet, uh, kind of like the very first working example of e-commerce. So coffee's been a part of my academic success, but I had to give it up because I would drink it and then I would feel good, but I'd also feel kind of agitated, and then I would get sore joints or a headache or I would crash, like couldn't stay awake in a meeting and I'd have to go get another cup and I would do this boing, boing, boing all day long on ever-increasing amounts of coffee. For those five long dark years when I had no coffee, I would maybe you know, once every few months, I'll just have one cup and see how it go. And sometimes I'd drink it and I'd say, hooray, I'm healed, I can drink coffee again. And then I would have coffee again and I would feel really crappy. And after a while I realized it wasn't me, it was the coffee. Some coffee affected me differently than others. So being a computer hacker by background, I reasoned there must be some kind of a rationale for this, I'm going to figure it out. So I started reading and I looked at agricultural research and toxicology research and health research. and really dug in on the coffee processing methods that we used. And I realized that there's a really big difference in the levels of toxins that come from mold and a couple other sources. These are very common in coffee and they're actually known by the coffee industry. The problem is that it's economically expensive to get rid of them. So they end up either not testing them or not measuring them or in some cases in other countries setting limits that are still too high. For me, when I could engineer a perfectly clean cup of coffee, the problems with coffee went away and I discovered that there was a whole new level of mental clarity. Like it really functioned more like a smart drug than like the normal coffee beverage that, that I enjoyed. Yeah, you were nice enough to send me a bag of your coffee about a month ago and I've been enjoying that every day. It's really, really good because I'm writing a book right now and it's, it really has honestly helped me to focus better than when I had just my regular organic coffee that I had been drinking for a while. I feel like I, I really have fewer of those moments where I, I can't remember what I, uh, finding a word or losing my train of thought. It, the, losing your train of thought thing is pretty interesting. It definitely happens on, on lower quality coffee. It, that doesn't mean the coffee doesn't taste good. The coffee can taste really good and still have mold toxins in it. One of the ones uh, that I target in the bulletproof testing phase is limited in Europe to five parts per billion. So I've seen, I've had a, a few people say, well, if there was mold in my coffee, I'd see it. Like, like newsflash, you cannot see five parts per billion, but the European Union knows that it's not good for you, so they limit coffee to five parts per billion of that toxin. There is no limit in the US. What that means is that when coffee isn't good enough to sell in Japan or South Korea or other parts of Asia or in Europe, where do you send it? You send it to the U.S. because, hey, they'll drink anything. 
That's literally what's happening in the coffee business right now, and it's not okay. So uh, tell me more about the molds and the mycotoxins that are found in the coffees, and how exactly do they affect you? Sure. It turns out that mold toxins are not just in coffee. They're an endemic problem in grains of all types and in all industrially processed and preserved foods. We've known about mold toxins for hundreds and hundreds of years. There's a Bible reference to burning houses that have black mold in them. There are early examples like the Salem witch trials we now believe were caused by a type of fungus that grows on rye uh, called ergot, which also is derivative, uh, or is a derivative, or a derivative of that fungus is LSD, the famous hallucinogen. So some, some of these different forms of fungi will actually create defense mechanisms. And a very famous one is penicillin. Almost every antibiotic we have today is manufactured by tiny little mold colonies and they make this to say, hey, this is my cheese, or this is my wallboard, or my soil. What they're doing is they're engaging in chemical warfare with other different species of bacteria or different species of mold. And they're doing that in a natural selection process. The ones that make the nastiest compounds that kill the most things, they guarantee that no animals will eat what they're growing on, and they guarantee that no other bacteria or fungus will eat what they're growing on. So it's just a natural thing. The problem is that these things have a very negative impact on us and they're hard to measure. In the way we evolved, we evolved to be able to eat a piece of food, whether it, or a cup of coffee, whatever it is, and either we get sick or we don't get sick. And if we get sick, we get better. But the next day we eat something that's not at all infected. What we're doing now, though, is we're mixing coffee from a whole bunch of different plantations, all of which is fermented without adequate controls in place, so that we end up getting a daily dose of chronic low-grade fungal toxins. And this creates low-grade background stress that affects how you feel. And I'm not just saying it affects how you feel. We measured this because I'm really into upgrading myself and quantifying the brain and all. So we asked 54 people to drink for four different for four weeks to drink the Bulletproof Upgraded Coffee Beans and for four weeks to drink another brand of coffee, a very common coffee you'd find on most street corners. And we measured their cognitive function on seven different measures of, of function twice a day. So it was a pretty involved, pretty annoying test. And what we found was on five of seven measures of cognitive function, there was a noticeable improvement in how people felt and how they performed on the bulletproof coffee beans, the upgraded coffee beans. So this put some numbers behind what I'd already figured out because when I drink most coffee, I feel really unwell. I'm still sensitive to these fungal toxins. I tend to be a canary because twice my house has had toxic mold growing in it and my immune system got very sensitized to these things. In fact, I have you know, lab tests showing very high reactivity to eight of the 10 most toxic molds. So unfortunately for me, you know, I've, I've had that exposure, but it means when I drink a cup of coffee that may taste amazing and delicious and say organic and fair trade and all that stuff, none of that matters if what's in the coffee is slowing human performance. Yes, I'm a canary, but what I've found is that 
there are lots of other people who just perform better when they don't put these things that slow you down in their daily cup. Well, you know, another way that you set your coffee apart from others and to bulletproof it further is by adding MCT oil, which is uh, which is really interesting, and also grass-fed butter. So why do you recommend adding this to your coffee? Sure. So the full bulletproof coffee recipe is the upgraded coffee beans, which are measured and designed to be as free of these toxins as we can get. Then you add grass-fed unsalted butter and the cheapest source of that is a company called Kerrygold. They sell it at Trader Joe's and places like that. Costco carries it even. And what you do is you blend the coffee and brewed coffee along with an oil called brain octane oil. Or I also make upgraded MCT. But the very strongest mental focus comes from brain octane. Uh, brain octane is extracted. It's about 4% of coconut oil. So it's 18 times stronger than coconut oil specifically to help you have mental function and when you blend these things up you get this amazing creamy beverage it's like drinking the best latte you've ever had it doesn't taste buttery or oily or greasy or gross most people are very skeptical when they hear the idea they try one sip and it's it's like a light turns on their body tells them right away um, you should get more of that you want that kind of fat in this body right now and that type of butter has some positive effects. The brain octane oil has other positive effects on what's happening in your brain. And the coffee itself is shown in many, many studies to help you do things like focus and pay attention. And that's why we drink it in the first place. It's just that people always assume that when you're done with the coffee, you're going to crash. And oh, there are lots of people say, I can't handle coffee. I get jittery or, or it's the caffeine. Newsflash, for most people, it's not the caffeine. Because if you can handle a Coke or a Pepsi or tea or chocolate and you can handle coffee, it's the toxins, not the caffeine that's causing your problem. There's lots of people who started drinking coffee again because, like me, they concluded that coffee usually made them feel bad. But clean coffee, like the upgraded coffee, made them feel good. And when they added the butter and the brain octane, it created like a whole new level of consciousness. Yeah, I really love the addition of the MCT oil a bit to the coffee because I do, you know, intermittent fasting a few days a week. And when you do the a coffee and MCT oil, it doesn't break your fast. So I can get yeah. a little bit of like brain fuel and a little bit of energy from my body without breaking that fast. Well, let's talk intermittent fasting for a minute. There's a, a community of people, a lot of uh, bodybuilder types uh, who practice this, you know, don't eat for 18 hours a day. So you have dinner and then you don't eat until two o'clock or four o'clock the next day. As a formerly obese guy, I used to have to eat, you know, every three hours to keep my energy up. And even when I lost a lot of the weight, I still thought I had to eat six times a day. So I, I took up intermittent fasting a few years ago. And what I found was that around 11 or 12, I would start to get cold and a little bit cranky, a little bit slow because I was running out of, of food. And I'm capable of, of doing the full intermittent fast, but that's right in the middle of the workday. I have stuff to do. I'm not, you know, just lifting weights and going home and, you know, taking pictures of my abs or something. So I devised this idea of bulletproof intermittent fasting, which is covered in uh, the Bulletproof Diet book that's coming out in March. And people who are interested in that can go to bulletproofdietbook.com and get the free chapter and the infographic that explains a lot of this. But what I found was that if you added the upgraded MCT oil, uh, which is on the site on UpgradedSelf.com, to the coffee beans that are also there, 
what, and of course with the butter, what you're doing is you're giving your body fat calories, but you're telling your body that there's no protein and no sugar. It turns out that your fasting mechanisms don't get triggered by 100% pure fat. They only get triggered by sugar or by protein. So you end up getting the benefits of the fast. In fact, in some cases, people who've been doing traditional intermittent fasting with no butter or brain octane or anything, they break through plateaus when they add fat back in. It really strongly pushes your body into fat burning mode and it keeps your energy up all day long. Yeah, it's counterintuitive to eat fat to burn fat, but it really works. It's really has helped me, you know, complete my intermittent fasting schedule that's 16 hours. There's also a, a post I wrote about six months ago about uh, intermittent fasting in women. Since my first book was about fertility and a lot of, of really detailed research, in fact, there were 1,300 references that, that went into that book, uh, I realized that a lot of women don't do as well on intermittent fasting as men do, and it tends to hit them hormonally first. So by adding the fats back in, a lot more women can benefit from intermittent fasting than otherwise would. So not only do you feel better and have more energy and lose weight better, but you tend to have more regular hormones and it works throughout the month versus normal intermittent fasting, which is a lot harder for women. And in fact, it's more stressful. Yeah, I'm, I never thought I would be able to do intermittent fasting because I had the same thing you did. I had a little bit of hypoglycemia and I needed to eat really often, but doing the MCT oil or sometimes if I run out of that, I do some coconut oil, it helps push me through. So I, I read a really interesting article on your site where you talk about how caffeine can bulletproof your brain. Can you explain this a little bit? Caffeine has been identified as a, a brain enhancing substance for, for years and years. So we know that caffeine improves things like short term memory from lots of, of studies that are out there. And if you, you Google caffeine and memory or caffeine and brain, there's, there's lots of stuff that'll come out. Uh, so even you know, the military has caffeine pills for people. So we, we all sort of intuitively know that, that caffeine has a boosting effect. But what a lot of people don't know is that coffee itself has other compounds in it that are not as well known. Uh, for instance, if you ask the average American what beverage has the most antioxidants in it, they're going to tell you red wine, which is totally not true because coffee stomps all over red wine. It's the number one source of antioxidants in the American diet. Wow. More than fruit or vegetables or any other thing, that's the most. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I love drinking my coffee feeling like I'm doing something healthy for myself because I love my coffee. <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense. There's a downside to coffee, and I'm sure some of your listeners are going, what about adrenal function? Because people who are highly stressed, especially chronic stress that doesn't end, they will have problems with their... Uh, with their energy levels, they'll have problems uh, with their adrenals. And adrenal fatigue, it feels like your immune system isn't working, you're tired all the time, you sleep a lot, you don't get rest. And I've had adrenal fatigue, it's no fun. We do know that mold toxins make adrenal fatigue worse. And we do know that coffee with mold toxins causes anxiety and jitters and crankiness much more in someone who's in adrenal fatigue. So my experience has been that as I was recovering from adrenal fatigue, I can drink 
the clean coffee, especially bulletproof coffee made with those ingredients, uh, a cup in the morning, and it actually gives me my energy back and it makes me feel good, and it doesn't harm a recovery from adrenal fatigue. The only time I recommend people avoid all coffee is in, is when they're in stage four adrenal fatigue. Like if you're bedridden and dealing with chronic fatigue and all, then you need to make a decision about is this an adrenal issue or is this not. But my experience has been uh, normal amounts of coffee that is lacking the toxins has life-enhancing qualities, uh, and it can be really, really healthy for people. I absolutely agree with you. I have clients with adrenal fatigue. I I am almost completely healed of my adrenal fatigue. Still have a little bit of ways to go, but I think you can um, in you know drink one cup of coffee a day, healthy mycotoxin mold-free t- coffee, and you just have to make sure in other areas of your life that you're getting enough rest and you're not too stressed out. I think you can absolutely work it into a program where you're healing your body. There are some uh, some of the coffee oils that are you know, they, they have effects in the body um, that most people aren't aware of, but they can they can affect inflammatory pathways in a positive way, which I did not know when I started doing research on coffee. So it it really depends on you know what what's in that what's in that grinder uh, when you're making your coffee, and I created the upgraded coffee beans because I couldn't go somewhere and even online and reliably buy coffee that worked, that made me feel good. I could occasionally find something that was pretty good, uh, but then I'd order the same name from the same you know, artisan roaster the next week and it wouldn't have the same impact. So I realized that I needed to standardize the quality and come up with some standards so that I could reliably have a cup of coffee that always had the same effect of making me feel good. And that may sound a little bit obsessive, but if you're going to drink coffee, and I don't know, like my career, I've run strategy for two different companies with more than a billion dollars in revenue. Uh, I've had a, a great career in Silicon Valley as a, a senior executive. And if I drink bad coffee, I lose four hours. And for me, four hours is like an eternity. Like this today, I have nine hours of calls and meetings, and I have a 15-minute break during the whole day. And to lose four hours because I had bad coffee, if you know, most of the time when I drink outside coffee, I'm gonna have a performance lag, ouch, that really adds up. And that's why I made the coffee. I made it for myself and I thought maybe a few other people wanna try it. And I was not aware that it would have such a cognitive boost for everyone until we did that little study and until I just got so many feedback, like thousands of emails from people saying, I can't believe that this does that. I, I thought it was a placebo. I thought it was just me. I, I tested myself and no, like it's real. So I, I have no problem standing up in front of anyone and saying, this is a real effect and you can measure yourself. All you need to do is try. So why don't we talk a little bit about coffee and weight loss? Because this is a question I believe a lot of people have. So a lot of them, people are told to avoid coffee when they're trying to lose weight because it can make you acidic. And other people say drink it because it increases your metabolism. What, what do you think? There are great studies showing that caffeine enhances thermogenesis, which is fat burning. So people who say coffee makes you gain weight, the only way I know of that coffee would make you gain weight is if the coffee was so moldy that it stressed your body out and it affected your cortisol levels in a major way and maybe your higher cortisol could make you gain weight. Uh, from what I know from the bodybuilding and dieting communities, coffee is not something that makes you gain weight. Uh, if you put soy milk and sugar in it, um, all bets are off, or even NutraSweet, same difference. Uh, 
So I'm talking about pure coffee, not, you know, some adulterated beverage with, you know, all sorts of strange things added at your coffee house. So what do you think about Starbucks and coffee being coffees that most people are drinking? I think it goes without saying, but... <laughs> One of the studies that I came across had found that in that particular year, 93% of South American coffee had levels of mold toxins in it that they could detect using relatively simple tests. <coughs> Another one showed 60%. So if you're buying from any large coffee house that gets coffee from all over the world and mixes it together, um, you are going to be getting appreciable levels of these toxins. There's also the problem that Europe and much of Asia reject coffee that has levels of a, a mold toxin called ochratoxin above five parts per billion. So it ends up in the U.S. and there is no legal standard for this here. So your odds of getting a bad cup of coffee in the U.S. from any coffee house, not to single out any of those ones you mentioned, um, are, are much higher. And this is a, a regional problem in the United States because of the way our government is not taking care of the people in our country. So. What I did is I created my set of standards that goes far beyond the European or the Asian standards because these are the what I'm going to put in my body standards and these are the things that make me perform best and it turns out they make a lot of other people perform better too. Um, in terms of coffee and acidity, I just have to call BS on that one. Your body is like a battery. If you get rid of acidity, you have no stomach acid and then you'll be unable to break down the proteins that you eat and you'll get food allergies. So most of the, the writing about acid versus alkaline foods involves taking a food, burning it, and then taking the ashes and seeing whether they're acid or alkaline. And now here's a newsflash. Your body is not a furnace and you're not a robot that's powered by coal. So you don't actually burn things. You metabolize them. And when you put a highly acidic lemon or lime into your system, you're actually putting acid in the system. And the fact that it may make your system more alkaline doesn't make sense from that mechanistic perspective that goes behind the acid-alkaline balance. On my diet, which includes at least 400 milliliters of coffee, that's a couple cups of coffee, and sometimes 800 per day, about a stick of butter a day, 70% fat, and lots of red meat and things like eggs and, and stuff like that, I have to worry about being too alkaline. So all of the writings and all of the people who, who sort of talk about acid-alkaline balance say on my diet, which does have a lot of vegetables, but has a ton of these, quote, acid-forming foods, that I should be, you know, walking acid bomb or something. And I'm actually too alkaline to the point if I take too many alkaline minerals, it makes me dizzy. So the evidence in, in my experience for coffee being a problem of causing excess acidity, at least my coffee, uh, no, it doesn't because I'm too alkaline, not too acid, even though I drink a lot of it. Yeah, I don't agree with the whole acid-alkaline theory of diet either. I think it is, like you said, it's total BS because we can't control our acid and alkalinity through our diet. It's uh, not, not what people well, think it is. You sort of can, but instead of going to the trouble of all these alkaline foods, there's this amazing thing they sell at the grocery store. It's called baking soda. And if you want to be more alkaline, Take some baking soda, put it in water, and drink it. And your whole system will shift to be way more alkaline. It'll even change your respiration rate as your body tries to balance out this huge amount of alkalinity. You don't need to like go juice some strange vegetable from Southeast Asia in order to get alkaline. You can be as alkaline or as acid as you want. Drink vinegar or baking soda. It's really simple. 
Yeah, well, I hate it that the proponents tell you to avoid meat and dairy and things like that because those are, you know, tend to be known as more acidic. But uh, it's just, uh, it's ridiculous because you need those foods to be healthy. Yeah, we should make up some other word like it's, you know, flongbotic. Like, watch out, those, those uh, vegetarian foods are flongbotic. Like, it's not a meaningful word the way they're using it because we don't burn our food before we digest it. Exactly. So can you tell the listeners about your site, UpgradedSelf.com? I was perusing through there, you know, a couple months ago, and I was really impressed the line of products that you have on the site. Oh, thanks. Wendy, what I did is I decided that I was going to break some convention, and the only unifying element on Upgraded Self, which is where I put the products, the ones that I've created, uh, is that things that make you perform better. So... I have something called a whole body vibration platform. It's called the Bulletproof Vibe. And you can stand on it and you vibrate up and down 30 times a second, which really dramatically increases your energy levels and lets you do exercise in far less time. It's something that I use on a regular basis in my home office. And it goes from there to the coffee beans and the brain octane oil. I also have some chocolate and vanilla that's tested using the Bulletproof process. Uh, to be uh, uh, as free of the common toxins that form in chocolate and vanilla as possible. So what you're getting is extremely clean chocolate, in fact it's raw chocolate, as well as this amazing ground up vanilla bean. So if you want to make the equivalent of a latte or a mocha, you put your brewed coffee with the brain octane oil and the butter in your blender and then you add some vanilla, real vanilla from real vanilla beans that are processed with a 10-day process that prevents the spoilage that usually happens in vanilla. Or you add some cocoa butter. And if you've never had real cocoa butter added to a latte like that before, it's amazing. You taste coffee and then the afternoon is all chocolate. So you can do these amazing things and what you're getting is you're getting a full breakfast. You were going to drink coffee at breakfast anyway. Now you didn't have to make a separate smoothie. You didn't have to go cook a couple eggs. You tossed everything in the blender. We also have a couple of protein products. My favorite one for adding to the coffee is called Upgraded Collagen. This is collagen, you know, the connective tissue from grass-fed cows. The normal source of collagen is gelatin, which most gelatin comes from really unsavory sources, but gelatin turns to jello, so you don't want to put that in your coffee. It also tastes like socks. So hydrolyzed collagen is enzymatically broken down already. And it's heat stable. So when you put it in your coffee, it just makes the coffee a little bit frothy. It doesn't change the flavor, but you get a burst of this protein that is the building block for your bones and for your skin and your hair. So people experience really good improvements in their health when they have uh, collagen as a protein source. Your grandmother used to make, you know, soup. She'd boil bones and all, and then you'd get that soup that would kind of get gelatinous overnight. That was where we got our collagen throughout history. Well, we don't have a source of collagen in our diet, and our bodies are largely made out of the stuff. So you owe it to yourself to get it in your diet somehow. I'm too lazy to make bone broth on a regular basis, so I put collagen in my coffee sometimes. Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> Never thought of doing that. But I just tried. It's actually, it tastes really good. It makes a little bit more foam on top, but it doesn't change the taste, and your body can use that collagen very effectively. Yeah, I need to go on a little shopping spree on your website. There's so many neat little products on there. It's, you know, just like like yourself, I'm really into getting the best of everything. And I love that you're really, really meticulous about sourcing your ingredients and finding the the highest quality top of the line products to bring to your your clients. 
So thank you for that. And um, like I said, I'm gonna treat myself to some in, more some more MCTO on bulletproof coffee. <laughs> uh, thanks, Wendy. Um, make sure that when you do the MCT, don't do just the upgraded MCT. Try the brain octane. It's three times stronger than MCT oil. So if you mm. feel a difference from the upgraded MCT, um, just one time try it. I'm actually working right now on getting smaller size sample bottles so that I can uh, I can send people a, a sample of it and you can experience the difference. You really do get a much bigger mental boost uh, from the pure stuff, the brain octane. Yeah, I'm going to try that. I just ran out of coffee and the MCT oil. So okay. thanks for that tip because I probably would have just bought the old the the older version. Yeah, they're, they're both good. The older version is uh, is more affordable, and it, it certainly works, but you might as well get three times more concentration, and it's not a lot more expensive to get that, and it, it's noticeable. Well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about you and what you're up to these days? Well, I am spending a lot of my time today on, uh, on biohacking, on improving my health and my performance in ways that most people probably uh, aren't familiar with yet, but will be. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening, uh, both in the military and in professional sports, uh, things like stem cells. So I'm searching for technologies, and I've got a whole biohacking lab here at home full of them uh, that I can use to increase uh, increase my, my mental and physical performance. And I'm not doing this because I, I you know, want to be a superhero or you know dominate other people. I, I want to do this because I'm interested genuinely in making sure that I feel good all the time, living a very long time, and not dying of a chronic degenerative disease. Since I was obese for the first half of my life, I had arthritis in my knees when I was 14. Uh, I am still working on reversing some autoimmune conditions uh, that came about from living in houses with toxic mold. So I didn't start out with a great genetic palate. Uh, I wasn't the strongest person by a long shot. I have a screw in my knee, um, three knee surgeries. So I'm working on reversing the effects of those things, more on wiring the brain and the mind-body connection. And I've been spending a lot of time lately on coaching some very high-performance executives and bringing them through a program called 40 Years of Zen, where in seven days of really focused, really difficult effort, you can put your brain in the same state as someone who has spent 40 years doing a daily Zen meditation practice. And this, for me, the first time I did it was one of the more transformative experiences because it taught me to get out of my own way. And I've come to the conclusion that when people want to become more aware and they want to perform better, that the very first thing that you just have to do is you have to fuel the brain right, which means eating enough of the right kinds of fat. And then you have to remove the roadblocks, which are these toxins that I'm pulling out of the foods that I put on my site, because those get in the way of you making progress. But once you're there and you've got enough energy in your brain and you've pulled out the roadblocks, what do you do next? And that's when you start training your nervous system and training your brain to do the things you want them to do. You end up addressing weaknesses and learning how to pay attention all day long, how to speak without stuttering or saying, um, how to get over chronic anxiety that you have. Those are things that I've done for myself. In fact, I used to have a mild stutter, and I've been a spokesperson for a couple of these billion-dollar companies on stage. I've been on CNN and Nightline and things like that. And this is because I trained my nervous system using technology after I learned how to fuel it properly. So I want to help more people do this because the goal for the Bulletproof Executive website 
is to share the things that I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate to have been able to do for myself because I had a, a brief bout of fortune when I, I was a young man. No one taught me that stuff and I, I spent a lot of time and money and I wasted a lot of time and money figuring out what didn't work. So I want to get it out there. I want to share it and I want to find other things that work and share those. And I put all this info just up on the site for free. It's, it's there, you can read it, you can download the infographic that tells you how to fuel your brain. It took months to make it and it's free to download. Bulletproofdietbook.com has the latest download for that. And I'm working very hard on my book launch in March. And you have your own podcast too as well, right? Yeah, we were just ranked uh, number one on iTunes in the health category. We finally beat uh, Jillian Michaels from uh, The Biggest Loser, which is to me really funny because I've got lots of readers who've posted how they lost 100 pounds in usually six months or less without some of them exercising at all. It just comes off and there's no food cravings. There's no willpower. You just have to know the right things. Uh, One of the things I used to feel guilty about when I was trying to lose weight was that I somehow felt like I didn't try hard enough. And it turns out that was all a mistake. You shouldn't have to try to lose weight. When you get all the variables right, it's effortless. So bagels lose their power over you and you don't have to keep telling yourself, I'm gonna exercise willpower and not eat. What you need to tell yourself is when I eat the right stuff, I don't have to exercise willpower. So sharing that kind of a message has been popular, but I'm afraid I'm never gonna have a popular TV show because it's boring to watch fat people drink bulletproof coffee and lose weight effortlessly without crying, suffering, or chasing bags of Cheetos. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, congratulations on your podcast being number one as everyone's trying to beat out Jillian Michaels. (laughs) I was amazed when it happened, and I actually don't even track the rankings. A friend emailed me. uh, Jimmy from uh, Live La Vida Low Carb, Jimmy Moore, emailed me and said, hey, Dave, did you notice this? I said, no, no, I didn't notice. How, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, I had uh, um, I had Abel James on the podcast last week, and he was talking how thrilled he was when he finally beat her out. So congratulations. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, Abel's a buddy as well. Um, he and I do a lot of stuff together. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Well, Dave, thank you for coming on the show, and I just love your insight into coffee and the idea of making it bulletproof. I think it's just so brilliant. A lot of people drink coffee, and it's yet another area of one's diet that can be cleaned up and detoxed, and uh, you you guys know I'm big on detoxing, so thank you so much for sharing your profound knowledge of coffee. Uh, You've got it. Thank you so much, Wendy. And listeners, if you want to learn more about health and diet and detox, you can find me on livedo110.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at I Will Live to 110, and I'm also on YouTube. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, water is the most essential element on Earth because without it, you can't make coffee. So thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast. 